right, everyone, thanks again for joining us on another episode of Dropping That Culture with JD and AJ. Uh, the podcast you're going to hear tonight unfortunately encountered some technical difficulties when we had a power surge and uh, killed our power supply on the uh, computer we were recording on. Uh, so we picked it up a little bit later, hoping that we'd be able to recover the original portion. Unfortunately, we didn't. Uh, I will say that JD was amazing, able to uh, pull his seven degrees of separation from Eddie Murphy perfectly with Seth Rogen and Paul Walker. Um, we did decide to make one major change to uh, the WWBS segment, or as some of you may know it, What Would Busey Say? Uh, moving forward, we're going to start posting online, and we're going to let you decide what you think Busey would say about our prompt. And then JD will read it live on show, um, whichever one, the, you know, between the two of us, we decide is uh, is the funniest. Um, <laughs> so uh, go ahead and put that on there. Stay up on the Facebook page. We'll post on there the week before. We're also going to post uh, what was this week's. The prompt was Roseanne Barr. So what would Busey say about Roseanne Barr? Put those up. Uh, yeah, can't wait to hear JD read them. All right, so uh, we mostly talked about uh, Disney Plus before everything went down, so we're going to jump in midway through that. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. All right, folks, we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, but we are back. Uh, just had a computer crash. Just had, just had a little computer crash. Uh, it's one of them things. Hopefully folks are hearing us nice and clear. Uh, but uh, it's not as sexy as the blue microphone, but yeah, you know we're gonna make do. We don't. We want you to still have something to listen to. Exactly. So <clears throat> we're gonna go ahead and continue uh, with our podcast as is. Now, before we were rudely interrupted by the computer uh, breakdown and whatnot, what I was saying is uh, that Disney Plus has a lot of the old Disney cartoons from the '90s. Like I was saying, Adventures of Dummy Bears, uh, DuckTales, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck. love, love, love Tailspin yeah. mm-hmm. and DuckTales. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I watched DuckTales at my grandparents' house. You know, of those ones, the only one I really fucked with was Gummy Bears and Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck was pretty solid, but the, yeah. the great thing, mm-hmm. what they did with Scrooge McDuck with the little the little ducklings, shoot, I can't even remember, Louie, Stewie, uh, and... Huey, uh, no, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's one. That's names you don't forget. Dude, it was, well, obviously I did. <laughs> they're like, they're like uh, Popeye's nephews. It, it was, uh, it was for me, a break every yeah. time uh, from the yeah. absolute, do you just soul-crushing boredom of Wyoming. Do you remember Popeye's nephews? Oh, no, I don't. There were, like, I think it was four of them. Peepie, Poopie... Popeye and Popeye. <laughs> I don't and, think I watched enough Popeye to get to all that. I had Bruno and Olive Oil yeah. who couldn't help but get herself in and trouble. All, they were all little mini versions of Popeye. It, just quick little rabbit trail before we get back on where I know you want to go. Yeah. You know that Popeye was actually inspired by a real Navy man? Yes. I've Dude, seen have you ever I, seen a picture I, I, I've like seen that? Picture, I've seen the picture, yeah. It was a very striking likeness. <laughs> <laughs> that was one gruff old sea dog, man. So that was a human being that actually looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he ate that much spinach. Yeah, uh, but like I said, uh, going back to the animated ones, the one cartoon that has been trending heavy since the dawns of Disney Plus, and I'm so happy that they have it, Gargoyles, dude. Yeah, that's solid. Gargoyles for you uh, millennials out there is one of the most dope, one of the dopest cartoons ever made. Yeah, absolutely, watch it. Yes, and like it's such an incredible, epic, epic, epic story. Like all the, all the storylines were epic. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and then they had great actors. A lot of the actors that they use in terms of both the regular cast and guest actors were from the Star Trek uh, franchise. Really? Yeah, like Xanatos. That's Riker. I didn't realize. Looks just like the, the design is based yeah, on him. But it's a cartoon, no, so that's they, what I'm saying. They, I didn't they, realize. I know they do that a lot. They, but specific, I'm they specifically based the design of David Zantos I think on, on uh, Jonathan Frakes. Part, part of my problem is I, I haven't yeah. watched Gargoyles in so yeah. long, so that's probably why I missed it. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? Deanna Troy is Demona. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. See, and I actually came at it backwards because I watched Gargoyles mm-hmm. before I ever saw or really watched a single episode of Star Trek. So by <laughs> the time I started getting to Star Trek, I'd already moved on. Yeah, but a bunch of other people like uh, George Takei, Nichelle Nichols, <laughs> Michael Dorn have all done guest roles nice. on Gargoyles. And for those of you who don't know, the Gargoyles storyline is basically these creatures from medieval times, these large winged gargoyles, were the protectors of mankind until they were actually portrayed by mankind and put on a, uh, they basically uh, were doomed to have this curse put upon them where they would remain in stone during the day. But they break out of the stone casing at night. Now, uh, during a um, particular medieval battle, most of the gargoyles are killed, except for a small little cadre of a small little clan. Uh, and then that particular clan is put on another spell, which makes them in their stone form for a thousand years. Now, a thousand years pass, those gargoyles are transferred to modern-day New York, uh, and they're owned by an uh, evil uh, developer named David Xanatos. And they basically they come alive after a thousand years, and they start discovering modern-day New York. Now, their partner in this is a, a female Latino female cop named Eliza uh, Maza, I believe her name was, Maya Maza. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Who was voiced by Sally Richardson Whitfield, a black woman. Hmm. Uh, and uh, she was like their main ally, and then their main enemy was Xanatos. And then, of course, they would have like other enemies, like, uh, like we just mentioned, Demona was one of the clan, but she was evil. She was actually Gargoyle. She was actually uh, the main leader, Goliath's girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have a child together and everything. Yeah. And, but she turned evil, and she became basically the, one of their greatest enemies. Um, but having a child to do that to you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so I've heard. But, uh, yeah, it's such a great show, such epic storytelling, and plus the theme entrance. It's like a John Williams score. It's one of the most epic, like, cartoon themes. Like, it's so epic, it really doesn't even belong in a cartoon. It belongs in a movie. Is that is that great? Like no, just, just, just like just, just like you just said, it sounds it's like a John, John Williams score. Yeah. yeah. Now that cartoon is cool. They also have, like I said, the Marvel cartoons. Like particularly most of the properties that Marvel's owned since the seventies. Like they got like <laughs> old Spider. There's an old Spider Man solo series from like 1980 that nobody knows about, and then they have that on there. And uh, that they went, they went deep to get as much as they could, despite yeah, yeah. And then the, the next one after that is the one that people do know about. The people that do that people do remember, especially of the eighties time frame, nah. Spider Man and his amazing friends. Well, and the the younger guys that mm-hmm. might be watching, they they may remember if they have their meme history down. Yeah, Spider Man shaking his booty. That that gif went around for a minute. That's right. And that's out of that same same yeah. section of Spider Man. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, but Spider Man and his amazing friends follow Spider Man and two superhero compatriots, Iceman from the X-Men and a character that they created specifically for the show, Firestar, a female. And that character was actually supposed to be the Human Torch. It's, it's basically yeah. it's basically X-Men light. Or not X-Men, sorry. It's um, uh, it's Justice League light. Yes. And it's going 
this is all we could get the rights to. <laughs> but well, that's go, what it comes down to. But it worked yeah. out. It but going, ended up being but going, going into that, they actually have one of the first, uh, one of the first uh, media appearances of the X Men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the very first one, actually, they weren't even named the X Men. The very first one was in 1966. But this is the first one there where they're actually named the X Men. Hmm. And like it's so great, and then like great animation. And then uh, during the second season of the show, they have an uh, origin story for each of the characters. Uh, there's a Spider-Man origin one, which is actually almost identically, uh, is almost identical to the actual uh, comic book itself. That Spider-Man uh, first appeared in Amazing Fantasy 15. Uh, the Iceman one is kind of one that just kind of threw together, but it does show the original X-Men, the Beast, Cyclops. Yeah. Um, Marvel Girl and Angel, and then Firestar, uh, she's like the one that kind of came along later. They kind of gave her an original origin for the show, but the one reason, that that actual episode, the Firestar episode is actually my favorite episode of the series because it has the Juggernaut. And the Juggernaut... Oh, yeah. And the Juggernaut in this show is voiced by William Marshall, Blackula. I know. I forgot all about that. And that, and, and that was the first lot. That was the first media <laughs> appearance of the Juggernaut outside of comic books. Was on their show. And he's like the the big powerful black voice. The power of the Juggernaut. I am after the X Men. And this is a black Shakespearean trained actor trying to be the Juggernaut. And nothing shall stand in my way. I, I mean, think think James Earl Jones, but you don't have the budget. Yeah. I shall destroy my brother Charles Xavier and his juvenile band of X Men. <laughs> he gives he gives you his origin in two lines. I am the one that found the lost temple of Sakarak. I am the one who stole its mystic power. That power transformed me. Into the human juggernaut. Which is, yeah, yeah. is kind of crazy because, it, it, yeah. at least with the modern incarnation of juggernaut, mm-hmm. it, it, pretty much everything related to how these guys became the X-Men, is, it's entirely evolution. Yes. It's all evolutionary. Yes. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. You look at I mean, especially go back to some of the early origins, like... The original Superman, yes. he couldn't fly. He yes. could just literally leap a tall, bu- a tall building in a single bound. Yeah. And actually, another episode they have called Spidey Goes to Hollywood. Uh, Spidey Goes Hollywood. I didn't see that one. Yeah. And actually, the villain of that is... it's it's The storyline that they use is very similar to the movie that just came out, Spider-Man Far From Home. Really? Because the villain is Mysterio. And mm. he uses, like, these different traps and other stuff. And basically, they lure Spider-Man to the studio to make a movie about his life, but it's actually a plot of Mysterio to kill him. Hmm. And at one point, he actually uh, creates a fake Incredible Hulk and actually encounters the real Incredible Hulk during the episode, which is really good. <laughs> and speaking of the Incredible Hulk, they have the Incredible Hulk TV show from the uh, 90s that was on UPN. Now, in the 90s, there was two separate camps of Marvel cartoons. There were the ones on Fox that everybody knows and loves because they were great. Spider-Man and uh, X-Men and all that good stuff. But then there's another camp that was on UPN. There was the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, and Incredible Hulk. Now, season I remember Incredible Hulk. Yeah, but it was a Fantastic Four and an Iron Man. I, didn't, I never knew they'd done anything Iron Man until Robert, Robert Downey Jr. aside mm-hmm. from the comics. They had two cartoons prior to those movies. Huh. Yeah. And um, also, the first two se- the first seasons of both the Fantastic Four and Iron Man on UPN were garbage. I'll, I'll say that straight now. They, 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 were, they were trying out new, brand new CGI, and it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. And it really takes away from a lot of the stories. Well, but I mean, you watch a lot of stuff with yeah. that old CGI, and yes, yeah. uh, it just doesn't hold up. But the second season of both shows were great because they changed the animation. The animation came across as more 90s. It was a lot darker, a lot more serious, a lot more uh, 
not great of story arcs uh, for for both of those cartoons. The only one that was consistent the entire way through was The Incredible Hulk. And yeah. that was a great. That, that was, was a, solid. That was the best of those cartoons, and uh, I'm I'm happy because I've had that that particular cartoon. That was the one, the first time that Lou Ferrigno actually voiced the Hulk. Well, and see, that's the thing for me when I think about Incredible Hulk. For me, that character is mm-hmm. either going to be Lou Ferrigno mm-hmm. or it's going to be that cartoon. Yeah, because I still, you know, nothing against like um, name it. Uh, yeah. There many people that have played the Incredible Hulk. Just nobody's been able to, to hit it. And I think a big part of the problem for me has always been the way they go with, with the CGI. Like the Ang Lee incarnation, oh, it made it even – it was so even more difficult. Like, awful. I want to say like a filmmaker side of it. It's like I understand the temptation. He's an indie guy, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he's coming from. So he wants to put his own mark, his own spin on it. So that's why he's showing the quad or like the five-panel setup where you're – it looks – in terms of the the layout, it looks comic book. It looks comic booky, but, but it ruins it because it takes you out. What what makes these comic book movies great mm-hmm. is your forced perspective, right? So if you're going to be the director, if you're going to show me what I'm going to see for this movie, yeah. I don't want to have to make that decision sitting there looking at a quad on the screen. Do I look at this panel? Do I look at that panel? I look at. I want you to show me mm-hmm. what's important. One thing that was weird to me about that movie was the weird ass uh, close ups of moss. <laughs> like rock formations, just in the middle of the movie, it has no con- and it has no explanation whatsoever. It's just a close up of, of like some moss. Yeah, but it's it's a nod to just in case you forgot. I'm an independent filmmaker. Pretty bird, yeah, pretty bird, <laughs> pretty bird. I, I, it's pretty exactly bird. what it is. I robot chicken diddle. Pretty bird, pretty movie bird. magic. Pretty bird, pretty bird, <laughs> pretty bird. And then I also no. hated, I also hated that hole because it grew. Yeah, as it got angrier, which I thought was so stupid because it made them too damn big. Now I will say I've only wa- I, I honestly only ever watched this uh, in the gym when I was doing cardio, or whatever. <laughs> but the um, uh, the Ed Norton version, yeah, of all the live action features they've done, I, I like that one the best. Yeah, he, I, he, I he was so great. Much. I think I think he did a they did a really great job of kind of focusing on the, the humanity side of it. And it kind of got back to that original yeah. side of things where it's like. He knows he's got essentially this beast that he's constantly trying to control. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's more the origin of what the Hulk was. I love the Ed Norton version, too. A lot of people are like, oh, the Ed Norton version was shit. No, it wasn't. I think that's the best they've done. Yeah. I of, really do. Of of the Hulk movies, yes. The Hulk solo movies, yes, is the best one. Yeah. Uh, but it's not really having much competition. But of the Hulk solo movies, the Incredible Hulk, the one that Marvel did, Marvel Studios did the second Marvel Studios movie, by the way. And it came out the same year as Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. So I remember going to the movies and seeing both of them. Yeah, and so. and for me, Iron Man didn't exist until Robert Downey Jr. That's that's that's, that's for most people. I yeah. mean, he just he blew it away. Yes, he did. You know, and that that sarcastic side of things. And you know, one of the things I find really interesting with with a lot of the Marvel properties, not all of them, but a lot of the Marvel properties across the board, mm-hmm. is that they. Um, they have this very interesting way that I think a lot of stuff kind of has a nod or at least a nod and a wink to certain things people might be going through. Like, so when you look at, look at Iron Man, Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. his whole thing with his blood, the way they've got him mm-hmm. testing, he's trying to figure it out, people are helping him. For me, and maybe this is a little more on the personal side, but it reminded me what it's like being diabetic. Yeah. Right? So there's kind of that. So like thinking about it as like a property for kids. Yeah. Something like that makes a lot of sense. And then you end up with mm-hmm. – um, you know, it's not as much for kids, but something like Deadpool. Mm-hmm. What if there was a guy who essentially cancer became his superpower? Mm-hmm. And because of that, he's freaking indestructible. His body just 
recreates whatever he loses. Yeah. The storyline that they were going for in Iron Man 2, and I don't think they really achieved it, was there was a storyline called Demon in a Bottle with Iron Man, and it basically dealt with his alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Now, they kind of touched on it when they had the party scene where he's in the Iron Man suit and he's being out of control. But it's it's hard to get too deep into yeah. it because it's still got to be acceptable yeah. for 13-year-olds. That's what it was. Like, they they, 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 kept, they muted it down a lot. But for so. me, the, my biggest problem with Iron Man 2, though, mm-hmm. is still that they lost Terrence Howard. I, lo- I loved, I loved the and nothing against Don Cheadle. I love Don Cheadle as an actor, but the the chemistry between Terrence Howard and Robert Downey Jr. you just can't replace. And again, mm-hmm. nothing against Don Cheadle, but mm-hmm. it just it's not the same. I don't know what it is, but whenever I heard Terrence Howard, because at that point he was high from hustle and flow. Yeah, I just kept hearing, I just kept hearing his character in the movie DJ. <laughs> Look at man. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say, hey, look at Iron Man, man. Because <laughs> he, like, he, had, he adopted this bullshit Southern accent for that movie, for Hustle and Flow. And he just kept using them. And then you would hear pointers <laughs> of it in all his other projects. And I was just waiting for him to say that, hey, man. Because he kept saying, man, 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 over and over again in that fucking movie. Hey, man, Iron Man, man. <laughs> no, but he did. Was it not? Was it not great chemistry between the two of them? Oh, well, yeah, fantastic chemistry. And they and they both are sarcastic enough yeah. to go go tit for tat with each other. It was a more natural. Uh, Where was like at least at least in his portrayal. And I'm not taking anything away from Don Cheadle's abilities, mm-hmm. but at least with his performance in that, mm-hmm. I didn't get that. Yeah. You know, he he definitely came across a lot more as like the straight lace, uh, yeah. you know, lieutenant colonel or colonel. I can't remember what his rank was, but yeah. you know, the air force officer who I'm gonna just do my job and get it done. The board Boring, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. the boring so you know civil servant. Yeah, I can see Terrence Howard and um, Rob Downey Jr. being buddies. Not yeah. necessarily. I can see Don Cheadle and which, Rob which is what made so much sense in Iron Man One, right? In the first one, because yeah. you've got you know all the times where he's breaking so many freaking laws and doing all kinds of crazy shit. The mm-hmm. normal he should be getting yeah. you know immediate visit from <laughs> Agents of Shield, yes, <laughs> and all the rest of that stuff, but. You know, Terrence like, I'm going to cover for him a little bit. You know, he's my buddy. The only movie, that, the only moment that they have to me that's even close to that in terms of the friendship between Tony and, uh, uh, and, and the Don Cheadle uh, depiction, of the, the chemistry between Tony and uh, and Jim is uh, when uh, the Stan Lee cameo. Tony Stank. Yeah. 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 Yes, that's, that is Tony Stank. Never leaving that. Never leaving that alone. That's the closest moment that they have to that chemistry. No, I mean, and look, they did a great job. You know, mm-hmm. spoiler alert if you haven't seen this because it's not quite 10 years old yet. Yeah. Um, when they're fighting together at the end. Yes. You know, that was, that was fine. Yeah. But again, it just it didn't have the same buddy quality that you got with the other one. Yeah. yeah. But uh, going back to you know, what they have on uh, Disney Plus, yeah, they pretty much have most other Marvel movies. Not all. Most. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they yeah. don't have any of the Spider-Man. They have none of the Sony's, Spider-Man. Sony's going, yeah. no, nah, we're not bought yet. Yeah. They have none of the <laughs> Spider-Man movies. They only have uh, his appearances and like, the, the big ones he was in. Yeah, like, the, he the was, crossovers of Fox. Yeah, he, was in, he was in Civil War. They got that. They have uh, both Avengers Endgame and Avengers uh, Infinity War. So they have those. Spider-Man is in both of those. Uh, but that's it uh, in terms of live-action movies. Uh, but they have everything else. More or less, uh, all the Thor. Well, I, do they have Ragnarok? I, no, uh, Ragnarok is still on Netflix. Yeah, well, yeah. I, but yeah, you, you the, just the, gotta, the movies that are still on Netflix, I think, are still there. Like, yeah, because Black, the yeah. way the way Netflix, from what I understand, the way they typically set up their deals, it's exclusive. Mm-hmm. And if there are these big studio properties like that, so like if you if you and I sold Docs, for example, yeah. we're never going to see another dime. Whatever we get right then, that's it. And Netflix will own it for all time and eternity. Mm-hmm. That being said. You know, if I'm uh, if I'm Sony and I'm 
saying I'm going to put uh, Spider-Man on there or Fox back when it was still independent. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say independent, independent of Disney. Yeah. The deal usually is seven years. Mm-hmm. It's usually what they look like, maybe five, depending on how much they want the property, how big it is. Yeah. Um, and once that expires, I think you'll see either Disney's going to charge Netflix an arm and a leg or they're just not going to renew it. Yeah. Because why would they? They've got two streaming platforms. Yeah, uh, yeah, Black Panther is on Netflix, I believe. Uh, yeah, Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok is on Netflix. I'm surprised they're able to to get all the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They probably when they set that up mm-hmm. um, to put that on, they probably already had that carve out because these guys are thinking so far ahead. Also, speaking of Netflix, uh, we actually I actually posted this on uh, Belsaverse on Facebook. If you guys get a chance, go to Belsaverse. Yep. Um, they actually have set up a deal with Nickelodeon. I know, I saw that. Yeah, so Netflix is not taking this lightly. <laughs> so it's like, uh, oh, y'all want to do the, y'all want to do this one? Okay, we got you. So they're gonna uh, they set up a new deal where they're gonna start uh, doing some original content for the Nicktoons, uh, and I think that's great. Uh, well, and if they're gonna bring back some of the oldies, which they've already looks like they are, they've already started. Actually, they just recently did a Rocco's Modern Life movie. But I mean, even if they just start posting the old content on there, it's going to be great. Oh like, God, <sighs> dude, Ren and Stimpy, <sighs> original Doug. Now, Disney, yeah, Doug was great. Disney Plus does have Doug, but it's the Disney Doug that was on ABC, and that was mm, trash. The original the Nickelodeon, du- the Nickelodeon was, Doug was the shit. Oh my God, Smash Adams. <laughs> was, uh, Smash Dude, wasn't 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 that Quail heifer? Man. Wasn't that heifer on Doug? No, it was. Uh, Which one was the one that had the heifer? The the big the big cow. No, the heifer heifer was on uh, Rocco. Rocco's Modern, Modern Life. Life. Yeah, Dude, yeah, I couldn't remember because well, Doug and Rocco look so similar. Yeah, but uh, uh but <laughs> yeah, Doug uh, Doug was his own thing because like I yeah. love the uh, different characters he had like Quail Man. And uh, what's the one and uh, Jack Bandit? <laughs> you know, he would always do the, the, the sound effect. One and uh, <laughs> but yeah, Dude, uh, Hey Arnold was was even pretty solid. They just brought that back too. I think they just did a new movie for Hey Arnold on Netflix. They got so much content. They just got to put the whole library on. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, even just going back to um, the Angry Beavers. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> oh, yeah. they did. Those bring, were great. They're bringing that back. They should. Yeah, they, they, they didn't. I think they have already initiated a reboot of Are You Afraid of Dark, but I just, I just hope they, I just hope they keep, you know, the the guts of it, and they don't just have it be like, and then his parents took away his phone charger, and the phone died because it's made of wood. <laughs> <laughs> It was a thing on Freakazoid where they had like a campfire like that, and yeah. like all the all the kids was the the, the 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 big punchline of each story was like, and it was made of wood. <laughs> so I, I, my friend had was reaching for this one thing, and then it wasn't there. Cause it was made of wood. Like, Ooh. <laughs> and then the kicker was in that one was like the scariest thing that could ever happen is if they gave Sinbad another TV show. <laughs> Dude, I would love to give Sinbad another TV. <laughs> but oh, it, do they have first kid? Yes, they do. Uh, Dude, Disney I, Plus does. I love Disney that. Plus does. Disney Plus does. Yes. First kid was great, man. Yeah, first kid. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sinbad. Sinbad. He's so funny. The man. only Sinbad. Two us, two movies. On two Sinbad movies I like is House Guest with him and Phil Hartman. That was a great movie. That was good. Yeah, and uh, Jingle All the Way. I didn't see Jingle All the Way. Did oh, you, good, did, you yeah. see, did you see his latest stand up? Yeah. Dude, I thought that was solid. I saw him And I like the fact he had a band mm-hmm. play and all yeah. that shit. Like, I saw him li- I saw him live, speaking of Doc's days. I saw him live when I was stationed in uh, Japan. He oh, came really? he, he came over there. Nice. And it was actually right before a tsunami hit. 
So that's our last little oh, bit shit. of entertainment before, before this. Yeah, before <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, he uh, he's like he came right as it started too. Hmm. So, uh, but yeah, he was great. He was fantastic. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, if you ever watch Jingle All the Way, it's it's, it's one of the great Arnold comedies. And uh, that's that's one debate that we always gonna have with uh, Arnold and Stallone is uh, who did what better. Yeah. In my personal opinion, both of them are, are action gods. That's that's a given. Uh, but in terms of like the other movies they try to do in terms of reaching out, Stallone does drama better. Arnold does comedy better. Yeah, but I mean to be fair, what what drama dramatic roles has Arnold even taken on? Not many. Because he, the, here's the thing: when I when I look at Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. his whole career, and he's like, I, I love 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 me some Stallone movies. Yeah. The only movie where I go, man, that dude's got some serious acting chops. The only one is Copland. I'm about to say that, yeah, because he now, and that's not taking yeah. anything away because the breakdown scene in First Blood, yeah, in the in the police station, yeah, that's great. Nothing is over. Like, Nothing. It's it's one of his better performances for what sure. What did I want? You asked me. I, I didn't ask you. <laughs> yeah, that old thing. <laughs> but Copland, it's it's a it's a subtle performance. It's not over the top. Yeah. It's great. It's a killer movie. If you've never seen it, do yourself a favor and watch yeah. that yeah, tonight. It is a great movie. It's a killer, killer film. Yeah. But when you look at Arnold, like, what, Junior? Is that his dramatic role? Yeah, no, that was more of a Twins? comedy. That was more of a comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> All comedies. Like, that's All what I'm saying. Like, I, I, it's, I, I, it's, I, not, it's not fair. Like, you can't, com- like, there's very few, mm-hmm. there's very few comedic actors that are really being asked to carry anything heavy from an acting standpoint. Yeah. The only guy I can think of mm. is probably Eddie Murphy in the Nutty Professor films. Yeah. Because, and I, I mean, you and I both watched that same thing mm. with uh, Arsenio Hall talking about that, that yeah. biography of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. The dude is literally for six months on a soundstage with green screen around him acting yeah. to tennis balls yeah. and playing off of his own performance. Mm. That is some... Next level Yo, shit. Acting, yes. Like you, you can't even touch that from a performance standpoint. And one of the, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, I think Siskel Lieber said this too. Like uh, their favorite scene in the Nutty Professor is uh, after the whole thing with the comedy club where he's being humiliated. Yeah, he takes old girl home, and then like he's like walking back in the rain, and he just stops. And he's like, he had like initially he had like a loose paper cover in his head, and he just stops, takes the cover off, and just walks out in the rain. Yeah. And he said, like, that, that one little moment. And then also, in the club, too, you see his face as he's being berated, and all these other people are laughing. His girls are humiliated. He's humiliated. He's just sinking. His face is just, Jesus. Like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, how many how many comedic films do you get where your, your lead, your comedic actor, has an opportunity to do something that heavy? True. Like none, literally none. None. No. It just doesn't come up, so it's almost not not fair. And then you go to the action side. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's comparing apples and apples when it comes to that because you go mm-hmm. from Terminator to Expendables. Mm-hmm. It's just some great time watching them blow some shit up. That's why I wrote that one scene in Dogs. The the end thing. I, I knew I wanted to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a good scene. Thank you. You'll uh, see. Yeah, you'll you'll see. You <laughs> will see. You, yeah. <laughs> But uh, going back to the Disney Plus thing, um, like I said, um, I'm just so excited about all the possibilities in terms of stuff they have going on. And not, not even just um, the stuff that they have now, the stuff that's coming up. Like I said, they're, they're doing the original content. They also have another original show, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Really? 
Yeah, dude, and, I'd, I'd watch that. I like yeah, Jeff. Yeah, it's basically him, just like you know, like uh, kind of like a dirty job kind of type of deal where he's just going out. Uh, investigating different things and like doing this Jeff Goldblum shit, you know what I'm saying? Like being super quirky, like oh why do you why 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 why, why would you do this? Why, why why is this going on? What's going on here? You know? Did, did you ever did you ever see that TV show he he did for like literally like eight episodes? Uh, Rain. No. <laughs> so so the concept is he's a cop in L.A. Mm. and his partner was murdered mm-hmm. and. Uh, the ghost of his partner comes back and helps him solve all his cases. No, I've never seen that. <laughs> Dude, I was one of, sometimes sometimes you see a show and you hear a pitch for it, mm-hmm. or you see what it is, and you just imagine what it must have been to be in the pitch room and going, mm-hmm. why did we sign off on this? And you go, oh, Jeff Goldblum's a tech. Oh, okay, well, now but, we get it. But he, his little run on Law and Order Criminal Intent as Dude, a it was cop, great. He was fantastic. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what's messed up, because he was great in that run. Mm-hmm. But that concept, okay. So the, but then again, I'm the same guy who, if you told me we're gonna do this crazy show where Lucifer makes a deal with the oh, LAPD yeah, yeah, to help yeah, yeah. him solve, like I'd, I'd yeah. be like, nah. And you know, I think they're like on season four. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> but, so I'm, I mean, I've never watched it because I just like I can't get past. I'm like, going, if Lucifer was here, mm-hmm. first of all, he doesn't need shit from anyone. Second of all. He sure as hell is. I mean, if he's going to sign up with anyone in L.A., he's going to be working in the porn industry. I know. Just, it just <laughs> casts pretty people. and Or, or he'll yeah. just be out selling, yeah. like, meth. That's what it is. Just casts pretty people and hope, hope that everything works out fine. Yeah. So, that's pretty much what it is with Lucifer. Uh, but um, in terms of all that good stuff, man, like, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see what Netflix and all the other things are going to do to combat this. Well, I mean, that's that's actually you get into the business side. What's going to get really interesting? In fact, you're already seeing uh, Netflix execs saying that, well, the the real way to to judge success in the streaming wars, as they're starting to call it, uh, isn't going to be subscriber base. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're paying attention at all, you know Netflix has been missing their numbers the last quarter. People are speculating they're probably going to have to revise down for this quarter, mm-hmm. and. Disney Plus launched strong as could be. Hell yeah, they did. Plus, when you sit down for the Walt Disney shareholders meeting, you can go, oh, by the way, we also run the lion's share of, of Hulu. <laughs> I think what you're probably going to see is long-term either Netflix, mm-hmm. or I think there's a really good chance it'll end up being Sony, hmm. is going to come around in maybe the next 10 years, maybe 15, mm-hmm. and you'll see a big lawsuit antitrust. Mm. Because you've got it. And we're, we're basically going backwards in a lot of ways to the old studio system, yeah. where it's, consol- it's consolidated so much in terms of direct-to-consumer mm-hmm. that it's, it's just destroying the business model. Mm. I mean, you're seeing, like, network television, it's, it's borderline dead, if you don't want to just call it dead at this point. Mm. Now, it's, uh, it's made a lot of great opportunities for, you know, like, crime TV and a bunch of these little tiny networks that are popping up, like, around, like, my parents back home. They've been on streaming since about the time I got off college, mm-hmm. and they have uh, one of those um, digital uh, antennas. Mm-hmm. So they pick up about 20 channels that are broadcast there locally. So they get like their local news, but they don't even really watch that. They literally watch minor league hockey games, is about mm-hmm. it. And then like crime TV, which is literally all the shows that didn't get picked up on, you know, Netflix or something else, where it's, you know, they're solving this week's murder or something like that with but, cold case detectives. Like forensic files and shit like that. Yeah, stuff, but forensic files they don't even get because that's on Netflix oh, <laughs> or, yeah. or Amazon Prime. I don't remember which one. It's Netflix. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I can't even keep it straight at this point. Mm-hmm. But the the long-term outlook for it, I think, is going to be twofold. One, mm-hmm. we're going to be able to get better content at a better price, at least in the short term. Mm-hmm. 
in fewer places. Cause, I mean, you figure like, I just like my, my, uh, in-laws, um, had, uh, what was it? Uh, um, satellite. We had satellite for a while mm-hmm. and we moved off a of satellite and eventually, um, I got, uh, was it a fire stick? Yeah. Once I got the fire stick, they loved it because they can get pretty much anything and everything from all over the world. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're from, from Taiwan, so they love to get Chinese language stuff so they yeah, can watch I, all that I, stuff. I, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, when you were over my house. Yeah, so it's just – it puts it into a way way better realm in terms of the variety that you can pick up. I always wanted to ask this. Did you, do you in those little anime? Nah, that's a Japanese thing. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's <laughs> – it's it's closer than you know mariachi to their part of the world, but okay. it's uh, no, it's not not their jam. Are they like Donnie Yen fans? I don't know. Should you should ask. <laughs> Just to see. Uh, I'll I'll see. You know, actually, one of the things that uh, that we tend to watch. Um, it's a, a definite a, crossover because like he like he loves going like my my father in law loves to go through and watch like lots of different action films that kind of thing. But if we're like watching together, it's usually MMA. Oh, so, yeah. so once once I got uh, ESPN Plus, you should watch it. You should watch the Ip Man movies together. Uh, yeah, uh, Chinese Chinese. You know what I'm saying? Like and uh, great action, uh, and then also good drama. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then, like, uh, all the ones uh, that I know, that they're, they're all on Netflix. And there's actually one coming out later, this later I think, next month, uh, on the 20th, Ip, Ip Man 4. And I love all the Ip Man movies, man, because, like I said, the action's fantastic. And they actually had a, they also have a spinoff, Master Z, uh, Legacy of Ip Man, uh, Legacy of Ip Man or some shit like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, you check that out, man. And all, all in uh, Chinese language, I'm, I'm, I, think, I think they would dig it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to give that a look. Mm-hmm. I know you would dig it. But, uh, well, uh, well, you know, back to what we were talking about before on, on the streaming wars side of things, right? So yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think it was – I think the first time we had a big antitrust suit would have been 58, and that's when indie film really broke out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because back in the day, all of the theaters were owned by, by the studios. Yeah. Right. I mean, like Jack Warner and those guys, they used to send – basically thugs around whether or not they were actually mobbed up or not that's a whole nother discussion yeah but they would find independent theaters in areas and if they couldn't open a theater they would muscle the theater owner into selling out the uh, controlling stake so now this would be an mgm theater so if you happen to live in the middle of nowhere wyoming you only had an mgm theater mm-hmm. guess what you got to watch <laughs> guess what you didn't get to watch right. nothing from warner's nothing from universal yeah. and that and supreme court and everybody finally looked at it and said you know what this is antitrust break it up that's why you eventually end up with Cinemark, Regal, and all that stuff. Well, as that shrinks, you have to look at television, what was going on there for a little bit. They used to have the FinCEN rules. That's finance and syndication. Mm-hmm. They repealed those in the 90s. And so now, you know, what you used to have was a system where you basically had your eight episode, your 12 episode order, whatever it was. And if you just happened to get the shit time slot or you made something that wasn't grabbing an audience right away, mm-hmm. more likely than not, more often than not, they'd cancel your show. Because, you know, if, if I'm not making, if I didn't put any money into it, if I just gave you your time slot and nobody wanted to watch it, well, why am I going to give you a slot? Okay. I'm losing money. So yeah. I'm going to move on to the next guy. Yeah. But once that that ended, mm-hmm. they owned it from beginning to end. The goal has always been 100 episodes. Okay. So if they're going to cancel something, if they get past season one, season two, very likely they're going to go to 100 episodes before they'll cancel it. Okay. And that's because once they get to 100 now I can go into syndication. syndication. Yeah, I can make some money on it, and we'll be able to cruise. Cool. So, 
that model's kind of dead in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Netflix is, they're spending so much on content right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's crazy too is they, I mean, they've got a pretty decent mix. They've done really well with true crime. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, did you watch the Medal of Honor series? Mm-hmm. I, so way back in the day, that was something I, I always thought would be great. I, I even pitched it when I was finishing up in grad school and that was one of my little side projects. These guys nailed it. They did it the best way they can. It's very respectful of everything, but they do a combination of dramatic recreations. Mm-hmm. And then uh, where, you know, the Medal of Honor recipient is still alive, they'll do an interview with them. Mm-hmm. They'll do interviews with other people who witnessed the act, that kind of thing when they can. And then mm-hmm. if they've got to go older, they'll go older. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a killer series. Also, it's real quick, real quick, real quick, one thing I want to do with you. This is more of a movie nerd thing. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of, like, uh, the, the logos at the beginning of the movies, Mm. Which do you prefer, like the old school one or the modern ones? Like, like universal. Like, do you prefer the universal, like dun, 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 that one, or do the dun 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 that shit? You know, let's see. You're, you're talking about two different things. There's a visual and there's an audio content, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's two aspects to it. Mm-hmm. I th- here's this is the nice thing about going with something that has as much history as Universal, Warner Brothers, any of them. Mm-hmm. You can actually use that as a filmmaker to help set the table for what it, whatever it is you want to do. If you, like, you look at most Tarantino films, mm-hmm. right? If it's being released by a studio, a major studio, mm-hmm. he generally tries to go with um, something from the 70s, right? Yeah, with the funky fanfare. The, exactly, and, and it puts you in that headspace for the kind of show you're going to watch. My thinking on that is I would love to do something like that with us, but I want to do, I don't know how... Well, I, well, I know it's, I know it would get us, like, people of our generation, the old HBO shit. Oh, yeah. The one with the, with the extended intro, they go through a town, and then it goes to the sky, and then, like, some stars hit, and then all of a sudden you see the big HBO logo, and then it, you go inside, and then your feature presentation. I don't care what movie was playing. <laughs> when I saw that goddamn intro, I was hyped. I was there. I was ready. Dude, I, I always felt the same way about TriStar. The Pegasus, yeah. yeah, and then it's jumping over the triangle. <laughs> that was always a good one. And uh, and Orion, Orion, yeah. simple with, and with, great. With the, with the, uh, yeah, with I the, wonder if they're uh, gonna bring stars. that back. You know, they're that, rebooting that, it. That would be great. They should. That would be they great. really should. Yeah, MGM could have some fun with that. Yeah, but I, I always love the HBO one. Like, and then MGM is the one that never really made any changes. Mm-hmm. They just they got that lion shot, which actually I saw like a behind the scenes photo of when they shot the original in like yeah. 1928 or whatever it was yeah. dude old boy with the camera mm-hmm. they were right up on that line while he was running i mean when i tell you he was like four and a half feet away mm-hmm. he was four and a half feet away the sound guy is safely six feet away so the cameraman <laughs> will get it first but dude it was ridiculous to see i was just going man i i mean i want to get the shot but i don't know if i want it that bad <laughs> Because yeah, there was no trainer nearby either. Yeah, this is the one I was talking about. Which one? All right, let's see. Uh, 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 right now, I'm showing him the old uh, HBO uh, intro. Yeah, HBO intro? Yeah, because yeah. the, the TV static one's the one most everyone's seen these days. Yeah, but yeah, like, this one. Well, you know what? Yeah. If we get HBO to release it, we could probably ask him to go for this one. I was so going to do this. <laughs> I don't, that would be the first thing I asked. Can we use this? Want, dude, it's a, it's a great one. It's a scale model. And then go to the skies. Yeah. Right up over there. Yeah. In the skies. 
I don't give a damn what movie the It could be the most garbage old school movie ever. If they played this intro in front of it, I was there. Dude, well, HBO's always been great on premium content. Yes, well. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't need to get nearly enough credit for their, uh, their docu-series. True. They do some great documentaries on them. Yeah. Yeah. Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> I don't care what it is, I'm ready. Dude, it was it was great. Yeah, they always had great docu-series, like uh, Hookers on the Point. <laughs> Actually, they did one, uh, I think it's called The Mall, if I remember correctly. It's a more recent one. Or, uh, that's hook, a, or well, Hookers and Johns. Well, but then this one's a little little less risque. It was actually about, um, you remember the terrorist attack on the mall in Kenya, like, nine years ago, ten years ago? Yes, I do. It, it was a documentary about that. Okay. Which is something that didn't get a lot of play over. It was really, really very fascinating. Okay. And uh, what's the other one? Uh, taxi Cab Confessions? Oh, a Taxi Cab. Oh, yeah, there you go. People just fucking in the cab. Dude, that was, one, that was one that was so big, it even made its way into other properties. Do you remember that episode of um, uh, Spin City? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Michael J. Fox, yeah. he's, out, he's out there rolling. Around and he's he's explaining to the cab driver how he's not going to hook up with Heather Locklear because once she's sober and realizes that he didn't hook up with her, then she'll realize that you know he's really actually a good guy and he's the one for him. The driver's like, "Whoa, I mean, isn't that like taking advantage of her in a different way?" And he goes, "What is this taxi cab confessions?" And the driver's like, "Uh, no, no." no. <laughs> he's like, "Ah, oh, damn it!" And uh, they actually did one on uh, when Chris Rock had his show on, on yeah. the Chris Rock show, Taxi Driver Confessions, where he was a taxi driver picking up actual people, and he was like going into these diatribes about like he, uh, my wife is like leaving me and all this other shit. He's like, uh, my wife got really big titties, man. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> she come from one of the big titty families where the mama got big titties. <laughs> All the aunties and the cousins got big titties. You know. <laughs> but that's how you know you got a great property when it starts showing up in other people's other people's shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like even just talking about something like uh, um, Parks and Rec. Yeah. I mean, there must have been at least a half dozen references to Game of Thrones. Oh God, yeah, just uh, right? the Ben the Ben Wyatt yeah, character because he was obsessed. He's like the world's biggest story, right? Yes. Or even you see Batman show up in that. Like, mm-hmm. that's how you know you created something original. <laughs> And that has actually resonated with everyone. If another writer sitting down, they go, you know what? If I do this, this is gonna make people. Uh, it's gonna make people have a connection. Yes, they are. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, and I like the one where I think uh, they had a character, Joan Calamazzo. She's like on. Uh, oh yeah, Joan. she's on. She's on the bender, and then she she kills saying, uh, "Greetings, citizens of Gotham City." <laughs> <laughs> and even Ben was like, "Okay, I was, she thinks she's in Batman." Now. <laughs> Yeah, that was great, man. Mm-hmm. That show, that show was killer. Yes, it was. Great. Like Ron great. Swanson character. Just that's one of the Dude. best original characters in television history, in my opinion. Yeah, Nick Offerman. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah and it's based on a real person in some real, uh, some real parks guy in Burbank. Well, and actually, there's there's chunks of that that character that are straight Nick. Yeah. Did you ever see his stand-up? The, wood, the, the woodworking thing, that's all him. Well, did you ever see his stand-up? Yeah, uh, like something like uh, you got you got grit or you got gumption, some sort of something like that. Like that Ameri- yeah. American something. Yeah, it was it was really good. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, it was it was different. It wasn't what you consider the traditional side. It was more like he was. It's more. It was more of a one man show. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I did kind like of like Chris Titus has been doing lately. Yeah. I like his I like his stand up though. His his earlier stand up was even better. Did you ever watch his show? Yeah, Titus on the on Fox. I used to yeah. love Titus. He was uh, he was always working on some hot rod car. My fa- my favorite one was uh they had like they would always do like intercut interstitial jokes or whatever and then his dad <laughs> yeah. was uh Stacy Keach. Yeah. And uh one was like him and I think him and his brother were like fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, all right, it's, all right, Chris, it's time for you to learn how to swim. Now, don't be a wussy. He just throws him in the <laughs> <laughs> he throws him in the water and then he starts drowning. He's like, hey, just, 
hey, don't say your brother. He throws the other one in there. And he's just sitting there, like, drinking a beer and watching them. And then some guy walks up watching these two kids drown. And he's like, what? <laughs> well, what's crazy, though, yeah. is, like, if you, if you really get into his stand-up, mm-hmm. he tells so many stories. He had one of the craziest childhoods. So fucked up. I mean, it totally makes... And, you know, a lot of, a lot of comedians do. They yeah. just, they have... They either have really fucked up childhoods, really fucked up, you know, adult his lives, was, or his both. Was, his was particularly fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> and, and endlessly the, entertaining. With the, with the schizophrenic mom and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, so fucked. Up. And his dad, who was constantly getting divorced. <laughs> yes, he always had a new girlfriend. Always getting well, he, he was telling some story about you know. His his dad's friends would always come over, and you know, when they get him alone, he's like, "Are you okay, Chris? We just wanted to check on you and see if you're doing all right." He's like, "I thought I was doing great." So I remember one time we moved into this new house, and uh, you know, we couldn't afford any furniture, so we had a, a, a blow up raft in the living room to, to sleep in. So everyone's thinking it's horrible. He said it was great for me. He said everyone in school's like, "Can we go to Chris's house? They have a blow up raft, raft in the in living room. room. Oh, God. <laughs> go do sleepovers on the raft." It's very one. It's definitely one of the underrated uh, Fox shows, Titus. Yeah, it was. It was, it was solid. Great. It was. It was, it was a shame when they when they cut that one. They cut a lot of shows on Fox. That's kind of the Fox diatribe. Though. It was like, well, but I think yeah. I think part of the thing with Fox, though, right? Because they were they were basically a syndication hub. Yeah. And at least early Fox, yeah. they didn't really have. They weren't really playing. They weren't. They weren't taking advantage of the FinCEN rules. Yeah. They were actually, I think, working a lot more with either independent producers or, and I don't know this for sure. It was either that or they weren't in the same mindset of 100 episodes, 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. They, they're early on. We're still treating it very much more like, you know, a, a producer's uh, outlet. That's why uh, Keenan and Wayans left. Because yeah. they were not treating it like for, like, uh, for syndication. Which yeah. they should have because, I mean, that show. Was fantastic. Dude. God. That made, it made that network. In I mean, my opinion, it, it and Married with Children made that network. I, I, well, and actually... You have to go with their crown jewel, The Simpsons. In The Simpsons, yeah. Because and um, the the greatest thing for me mm-hmm. <laughs> is all the shows that got canceled over the years and brought back. Yeah. Right. So like Family Guy, yeah, I, but the best one. Do you remember? Do you remember what happened when they brought back Futurama? No. <laughs> they had the greatest. They had the greatest uh, uh, commercials they were running with the professor. You know, he always goes, "Great news, everyone!" That's how he started. Mm-hmm. So he goes, "Great news, everyone!" The ignoramuses at Fox that canceled us were themselves canceled for being ignoramuses. We're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's wrong. That's another one of those cult shows where I, I don't, I personally don't get it. Really? I, I, I've watched. Oh, dude. I, I've sat, I've, I've sat down and watched entire episodes of Futurama. I didn't laugh once. Seriously, you know? Did you ever watch one where Bender's got his deal with the devil, the robot devil? No. Dude, that's a great episode. That one's hilarious. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> it's very Faustian, I, I, but the, the robot devil can't even hang with. I watched with Bender. the I watched the first couple episodes just kind of hoping, hey, uh, maybe this will get me, but it didn't. Jump in like season three. Okay. Season three, you get a little bit because I mean that's the thing with most comedies. Like, and I've, I've watched enough of them over and over again. Mm-hmm. Season one, season two, everybody's still trying to figure out what's going on. Nobody wants to be the one that gets cut. Yeah. So I don't feel like people take as many chances. Like they could, they do on Parks Rec. Yep. Uh, Mark Brandowitz. Yep. He didn't didn't make it out of season two. Season two. Season two. He was nope. gone. What episode two, three in season two? And never mentioned again. Nope. He's the he's the Ju- he's the Judy Winslow. Mark. Brian Danowitz. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the Judy Winslow of that show. Yeah, because uh, like just like uh, Judy. Well, is it better to get cut altogether or to be replaced? Because mm. Seinfeld's original dad yeah. just got replaced. No, uh, they cut Judy altogether. Like uh, they never mentioned her again. 
So that's what I'm saying. Is it better to just get cut or to so get somebody replaced? So also inherited and, Herod and Carl had uh, two children instead of three. Because <laughs> they never had they never had anything to do for Judy. She was just hanging around with the little kid, uh, Rachel's kid, and that was it. And yeah, they they, they would just do look like a little little tete for tete, and then they would just leave. And, but they liked the kid because he's cute, and then I guess they just don't like her, so they got huh? rid of her. She went up the stairs. They said they, she went up the stairs one time and never came, came down. <laughs> Maybe she's buried under the floorboards. <laughs> we don't talk about Judy. <laughs> it's thing. like it's like with the uh, uh, with the Kennedy family. Mm-hmm. They had that, that daughter that was uh, oh yeah that was in the uh, the, the mental hospital. Yeah, they just dropped Judy off one day. Yeah, we, the state we, hospital. yeah we, we don't talk about her. We don't talk about her at all. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, Actually, you know what? I think we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this up here because it's getting kind of late. And uh, I've been enjoying a really good time. Now, we do apologize again for the technical delay. Um, we're going to make sure that these are spliced together as best as we can. And uh, we hope you guys uh, really enjoy the show as much as we did doing it, uh, as, as, as we always do. And our next episode is actually going to be a special episode. It's going to be on a Tuesday because, of fact, we got uh, some... Holiday coming up. I'm going to uh, be traveling for a second. Yeah, so we're going to do a special Tuesday show, and it's going to be a watch-along. And thanks to you guys, we actually have picked the movie that we're going to be doing a watch-along to, and it's going to be a classic. It's going to be a... It's a dramatic. It's a dramatic film. If you want to go there. Right? It was, uh, it was it, nominated it, for it, several... It's dramatic in a way that's... <laughs> it's dramatic in a certain way that's not the traditional way saying dramatic, but uh, our watch-along is going to be 1985's Commando. It's a killer <laughs> film, man. It is a great movie. And that was like the number one vote on our... We did a little uh, Facebook poll on Bustleverse and, uh, and on our Facebook page and that was the number one winner. Was uh, uh, <laughs> Commando. We had a couple other choices on there. We're going to probably bring the other choices at some other time, but I like the fact that this is the first thing where the fans... Voted for it. Yeah. So we're going to do a watch along on Commando, which should be an interesting experience. And we'll be back on uh, the blue microphone. We'll have that uh, technical thing all sorted out. Yes, it will. Yes. So it'll be, uh, be looking and sounding good. Right. But again, uh, make sure you uh, like our uh, fa- uh, Facebook page, uh, Dropping That Culture on Facebook, and also uh, go to uh, Belsaverse, also on Facebook, and uh, Belsaverse on Instagram. Uh, check it out. I'm always putting in uh, new news about uh, pop culture and stuff um, that I think you guys will enjoy. Keeps me up to date. you damn right it does. <laughs> and uh, again, this is uh, Dropping That Culture with JD and AJ. I'm JD. And I'm AJ. And I hope you guys have a good night. See you next week. Bye.